Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time again. And now this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So it's time for the phrase of the week. And the phrase of the week is, turn the world upside down. And I know everybody has heard that phrase before. And it means that things are inverted or in disorder or topsy-turvy or violent changes or commotion or changes that can be very upsetting. And that phrase can be found in Acts chapter 17, verse 6, and it reads, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. And that's where you find it in the King James Version of the Bible. So this week I want to continue with uh, what we were talking about last week. And the topic was the Bible doesn't say life begins at conception. And um, it was about this, um, well, this article that I saw on Newsbreak. And it was on Newsbreak several times, and it was talking about, um, it, w- it was an article about this person's, his name is Andy Pope, and his opinion mm. about uh, that the Bible doesn't say life begins at conception. So um, we ended up talking about where he was saying that people approached him, mostly men, telling him that, he was fighting a woman's battle. 
and that I should stick to fighting my own battles. Men, those must be beta men, I don't know. As, they, as they call them today. Beta men must have came up with that statement. I it's don't a know where battle. they think that it's only a woman's problem. Right. And, and his legacy, the best of him is in her womb, and he's talking about it's a woman's problem. Come on. Men are so weak, some of them nowadays is ridiculous. So he um, was talking about it like, you know, he wanted to say, well, who does he represent? And as a Christian, he said, I certainly strive to represent Jesus Christ, his word, and his truth. If I had to identify with a social group aside from the body of Christ, I would say I represent the homeless people of this world. I don't represent straight people, gay people, women, old people, children. I may be two or three above, but I don't represent them. So it's not a question of fighting anyone's battle. It's a question of what does the Bible actually say? Right. And, and this, this idea that life begins with conception, life begins, period. Uh, life begins with the sperm in the man's uh, scrotum. Life begins with the egg in the woman's uh, womb. Life begins there. They said Levi was in Abraham before Levi was even born before they was it was considered any kind of conception. When Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, so did Levi. And Levi was just a sperm. Swimming <laughs> among the billions. <laughs> well, anyway, he said it's also a question of what the Bible actually says and how its words have been manipulated on all sides of every fence in order to promote political agendas. Mm-hmm. So, he says, no one really understood me, and I didn't care to argue, especially when no one I was arguing with seemed to understand what (coughs) waters and figured maybe I was supposed to submit my musical to multiple theater companies. Well, so I did all that, and no one replied. Powerful, of course. Theater companies accepting new works get so many submissions. I can't expect my own work to get special attention. But I still kept being drawn toward that chapter. I kept feeling there was something in that particular chapter that I was supposed to see. Then one day I saw verse 5, and it reads, um, As you do... Not know the way of the spirit comes into the bones and the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Extracting the words, the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, there appears to be a strong suggestion, if not a direct announcement. But He says that life enters the fetus at the time when there are already bones in the developing baby. This would seem to support my natural suspicion that life in the sense of conscious, cognizant human life is not something that is present in the unborn baby until some significant period of time following conception. Yet anti-abortion adherents often tout the slogan, life begins at conception. But that's not anywhere in the Bible. He said, nowhere. Then, what does it mean God knit me together in my mother's womb? Another thing that happens is the persistent usage of a single verse by anti-abortion activists. 
You formed my inmost being. You knit me together in my woman, my mother's womb. That's in Psalm 139, 13. This verse, like all scripture, is certainly true, but it still doesn't specify when life begins in the womb. We were all formed in our mother's wombs, but at what point did that formation constitute a human life? The answer is also in Ecclesiastes 11.5 and all through the book of Ecclesiastes. So you look at it again. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. And twice we are told you do not know. So that statement is really clear. Right. We don't know how life comes to the baby in a mother's womb. We don't know the workings of God's mysteries in any way. So who are we, mere humans, to declare when life begins? Right. He said, now, please don't let get me wrong, but I'm a Bible-believing Christian who does not believe in sex outside of a committed monogamous relationship, which is marriage. Sex is intended to be a holy act of love between two devoted partners. It's not something to be cast into the four, four winds. Right, and then people count it, they count the ability to bring forth life, they, they count it almost as nothing. When, when, when sperm was spilled on the ground, when the man was supposed to raise seed for his brother, and instead of doing that, he spilled his seed on the ground, the Lord killed him mm -hmm. right then and there. Because there is life in the sperm, there's life in the egg, and they said it's in uh, Hebrews. You can read in the seventh chapter how they said that Levi received tithes. They said, but Levi himself paid tithes when he was yet in the loins of Abraham. So you don't know when life begins as far as the womb, because life begins outside of the womb. Life begins. Before the sperm and the egg even come together, life is there. Because Levi paid tithes in the loins of his father, and the Lord counted that as him paying tithes when he was in Abraham's loins. So people don't realize... Before, in the womb, before he was in the womb of the mother. In the womb of the mother. He said, yes. And as I say, may say so, Levi also, who received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father, whom Melchizedek met. So, yeah, I was thinking too, even with Jeremiah, because God said even before he formed him in the womb, you know, right? Jeremiah was already born in God's eyes. Right, he was yet to be. So these people, Satan has gotten people and people have deceived themselves with their own wicked thoughts into thinking that it's nothing, but they don't know what disasters they have created by aborting the, and, and sacrificing the life of these children who were meant to come into being, but they somehow just murdered them. You just don't know what scientist, what doctor, engineer, what, lawyer. You have no idea what you're Might doing. Might be a better president than what we have. Oh, because yeah, mm -hmm. if this is any testament to our finest, we are in trouble. <laughs> so this guy goes on to say that sex is not for us to commit adultery or experiment with multiple partners, nor is it a recreational activity. Yes, it is. 
for married people, it is. <laughs> Not for He's talking about, you know, outside <laughs> you know, of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> it, he says, it is once again a sacred act of marital love. Right. So he says then, is abortion murder? Yes. So I don't take abortion any more lightly than I take lightly the indiscriminate nature of promiscuity that appears to have infested our culture, but I still cannot find it in me or in the Holy Scripture to support a trigger law or pretend that the removal of 12 cells of a nanosecond following conception could justly be deemed murder. Yet, anti-abortion adherents often tote the slogan, abortion is murder. But you can't find that in the Bible nowhere. There are numerous passages making reference to the process by which life is formed you know, in the mother's womb. I know, but you know, this, this to me is an example of when the Lord said, and then you offered your children unto Molech. He said, which I never required of you. The Lord said, neither did it ever enter my mind. And if never entered the minds of people that people would be so callous as to abort their own children. So when you say offered to Molech, meaning? He was the god of, uh, false god of fire. He was an idol god. And people worshiped him by sacrificing their children in the fire unto Molech. And the Lord said, that never even entered my mind. And so this, right, where he's talking about what well, we never see in the Bible where it says abortion is wrong because it never entered into the Lord's mind that to give a, a, a directive towards something that's just basic common sense. You don't kill your babies. You don't murder your children. Well, he goes on to say there are numerous passages making reference to the process by which life is formed within a mother's womb. In Job 31.15, Psalm 22.10, and Isaiah 49.5. Do any of these passages refer to a moment when life begins? No. All of them refer to a process, a mysterious process by which God gradually brings the life associated with human identity into the mother's womb. Now, some object. What about Jeremiah 1.5? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Well, this certainly would suggest that God knew us even before we were in our mother's wombs. And I will not contest that. I am a Christian. I, I lean reformed. I believe in predestination and fully believe my name was written on the book of life before the foundation of the world as it as it's written in Revelation 13:8. I believe all this and still it doesn't say that I got into my mother's womb at the moment of conception. We don't know what we don't know. He says, consider an illustration Suppose my soul, the identity of Andy Pope, was created at the beginning of time when God created the whole works. Imagine my soul cruising around the spirit world just waiting to be placed into the womb of Mary Pope, who, by the way, was also created at the beginning of time. Supposing all this to be true, and I believe it is, does it say anything about that soul is going to is going to put be put into the womb. No, it doesn't. What it does say 
is we do not know. Given all this, it's obviously not an easy task for legislators to decide if and when an abortion is truly murder. Under no force of public pressure can I come out and say that I am anti-abortion because at some certain stage I believe abortion is clearly murder. In that case, it ought not to be the woman's choice, but what I can do is throw down a certain gauntlet So I asked my fellow Christians these questions. Where did we hear first that abortion was murder? Where did we hear first that life begins at conception? We did not read them in our Bibles. They are simply not there. We heard them when they were pounded from the pulpits of our pastors and preachers, whether they believed them or not. And so what is my purpose of... No, he's wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe where he went, that's where it was pounded from. But anybody who is in the Word, anybody who has read scriptures, realized that life, as far as being in the womb, once it's in the womb, as far as man's knowledge, where man's responsibility begins, it takes place there. Before it's in the, and even before it's in the womb, it's man's responsibility to take care of his body. It's a woman's responsibility to take care of her body because they hold within themselves life. And therefore, and if a person is pregnant, I, and, and this is under the law, and these laws that we have today are made for the ungodly. That's what the Lord said. Laws are made for the ungodly. Laws are made to have society abide by certain rules so that it can be peaceful and, and, it's, and productive in its existence. But it said in Exodus, it's in the 21st chapter, and it's at the 22nd verse, it says, if men strive and hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her and yet no mischief follow, which means, say, they, they got into a, a, a struggle and she gave premature birth. You know how some people go into labor from stress. So now they say, well, no mistress follows. She gave birth early, but the child is fine. Still, he shall be surely punished for forcing this pregnancy to be born, to take place prematurely according to the woman's husband. Now, this is for people, men who say it doesn't involve me. It's not the woman who determined what the fine or the penalty should be for having a premature birth. It was the husband. It was the father's responsibility. He said he will lay upon the, like the person who committed the act, and he shall pay as the judges determine. As the father required, that's what this man has to pay. He said, and if any mischief follow, if he causes the woman to lose her baby, then thou shalt give life for life. Meaning if the baby dies, the person who caused the baby to die also dies. And who, who kills them? The people do. They probably take them out and stone them. Yeah. Well, anyway, he goes on to say, what was the purpose of writing it? He says, because I wanted to. I wrote it because I had to. My views on this theme have been stated over and over and over. I don't expect unbelievers to hear me, especially if they feel that casual sex is all right. Sex isn't supposed to be casual. Sex isn't su is supposed to be holy. But I do hope one of my brothers or sisters in Christ will hear me. I do not want to state these views again.
Well, don't have to because it doesn't matter. It's what the Lord says. <laughs> Not what you say. <laughs> I mean, my, these people think a lot of themselves. <laughs> like somebody's losing sleep over what his views are. <laughs> well, anyway, last week, remember, we were talking about, I think it was last week, we were talking about the Dove Awards and how um, this guy, um, I forget what his name is, Derek Webb, I think, he went to the Dove Awards dressed as a woman. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, now I found a picture of him. This is stupid. He looks, like a, he looks like a smurf. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like something from uh, a Daddy Warbucks comic strip. That's just weird. It doesn't make sense. Why people have to be so ignorant, I, I just, I don't understand that they need to let the Lord heal them and fill whatever void they have in their life because that's basically what it is. There's something lacking and they need the Lord to heal them and to fulfill whatever is lacking. They need to let the Lord do it. Well, anyway, uh, I glanced through this article and um, I thought that there was some value in it. It was... Uh, responding to um, what this guy did. And he was comparing, you know, because people think that it's funny or that there's nothing wrong with it or, um, you know, like there's nothing wrong with drag Christians. And he said there's no such thing as a drag Christian. <laughs> you know, Who you said can't... I, this is the first I've ever heard of a drag Christian, I mean, uh, I never heard of that before. <laughs> or you know how some of those Christian artists are... are they're just sinners. I don't know. They say they're Christian, but their music is... Demonic. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was saying that um, you describe love as libertarian tolerance and unwillingness to call out evil amongst God's people, and that impolite or off point to warn the sheep that the wolves are coming for them and to treat compromise in the church as if sin is a subjective standard. Um, Christians are not acting like Jesus when they spoke. Were not Christians acting like Jesus when they spoke against slavery or stood for civil rights? Um, was Bonhoeffer a judgmental Pharisee when he was warning the church against Hitler? If people attended the Dove Awards dressed in KKK hoods, would the love of Christ and being about the Father's business demand silence from Christian artists? After all, God is the judge, not us, right? What is a little racism in our midst? So, Will you support folks attending in blackface? What if a section of the, of the artists began promoting shout your abortion, praise the killing of unborn and as an act of love? Does Jesus respond to that, or does he just love people so much that he stays silent by calling good evil and evil good? What if folks came to the Doves promoting segregation between blacks and whites or promoting the end of laws and that bar minors from entering into consensual sexual relationships with adults? There's no way that you or other folks in the industry would stay silent if those things happened at the Doves. 
You need to ask yourself, why would I be more bothered by racism than sexual immorality? Your take on what it means to love Christ and others is sentimental, not biblical. The church is to be salt, and salt purifies. Sometimes it stings in a festering society. I, and what he, what he said about what is sentimental? You know, uh, because Christ, the, the fruits or the evidence of love, the, the Bible has pointed out. When they allow, when they allow people to... When they're trying to be overly tolerant to the point where they are overlooking sin. They're not biblical. That's not biblical. No, They're sentimental not. is what he's saying. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and it's a false sentiment because anybody who's truly concerned about someone, who's truly being sentimental in the sense that you feel for that individual, then you will tell them the truth. But to look at somebody and say that you're being tolerant of them and you allow them to go off in, in, in their sins like that, you're not really being tolerant to me. That's more like indifference to a person's spiritual welfare. Because if you truly cared about somebody, you would say, that, you know, God isn't pleased with it. And he's saying that Webb, that Derek Webb and, and all of his buddy, running buddies are attacking Christ and the church at our most vulnerable spot, the children. And mm -hmm. you're half defending it? Right, you know, which makes absolutely no sense. And you have some, he, some buffoon and, come out in, in a dress. And they should have started booing the moment he stepped on the stage. And <laughs> then he quotes Matthew chapter 18, 6, you know, where the Lord says, but whoever causes one of these little ones to, who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think that the Lord is happy or pleased with how the world no. is turning out or how people no, We know that are. he isn't. And, and, and we know the world is going to sin. The church is supposed to be that light. And you have, he, but how great is the darkness? And the Lord said, how great? Because the eye isn't single. It's not looking to the Lord for guidance. It's opening itself up to uh, evil persuasion. And it's not, it's not fighting against it. It's trying to justify it. So those people who are truly holding the standard for the Lord, they seem to be, what, fanatics, people call them, or you need to get with it, or that was back then, times have changed, people have changed. I said, only for the worse, though. You know, it's not for the better. And so you still have to hold a standard for the Lord. Now here's a Alabama pastor and mayor <clears throat> from the Christian Post. He died by suicide two days after addressing his church regarding a news report about his online transgender persona. Mm. <clears throat> and then he committed suicide. See, he wasn't even trusting in the Lord. He, he was truly lost. He didn't hear anything. He didn't hear any truth. He shot himself recently after the sheriff deputies were in slow pursuit of his vehicle following calls for a welfare check. <clears throat> While being pursued, the mayor pulled over onto the road, off the side of the road. He exited the uh, vehicle and then shot himself with a handgun. Oh my goodness, the enemy was <clears throat> talking to him and the enemy had his mind, his heart and his He was his married. confused, yes. He was married, but then he, um, I don't know, he, I read another article that says that um, he had taken pictures with his wife in the privacy of our home in, on an attempt to be humorous because I know I'm not a handsome man nor a beautiful woman either 
I apologize for any embarrassment caused by my private personal life that has gone publicly. But as a pastor, he that shouldn't have been any part of his public life. Well, he private did, but personal he, but life. But he did that online. See, once you do something online, you're subject to being hacked. You're subject, you know. So a lot. what amazes me is how people put such private things, private matters, and they put that stuff online. I just, I don't understand it. Like... To me, it's the stupidity of people, like people who have emails. I mean, how crazy can you be <laughs> in the White House? It makes no sense to me. But he, he, he would rather kill himself than to yield to the Lord. See, the enemy has him thinking that he can't go to the Lord. He's he, a pastor. He should have been running straight to the Lord and said, Lord, I've sinned. Even if it said, Lord, if I have to give up the church, I don't want to lose my soul. Like David said, whatever you do, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't take the opportunity, Lord, for me to ask for forgiveness so that you can save me. Enemy had him thinking there was no other hope. I don't know what happened. Here's one final article, and then we'll have to close the program. This came from My Christian Daily. And um, in March of 2024, Canada's, Canada's laws around eligibility for medical assistance in dying... Hmm are going to be shifted, allowing patients with mental problems and drug addictions to seek assisted suicide. Right. People who can't make a sound decision, people who are under the influence of a drug and therefore aren't in their right mind, you can assist them in ending their life. But, but, but they have to seek it out. Well, if I, they're not making the right decision, how do you know? I mean, you can seek it out. You know, you can ask somebody to... to Take your life. You could be in the throes of addiction. Of addiction, you could be right on the brink of withdrawal. You could be doing a lot of things. You could be crazy, schizophrenic, sociopathic, and, and decide that you want to die. So the Canadian government data indicates that more people died since 2016, <clears throat> having access their assistance suicide program than those that died from COVID-19. Yeah. And so they have, they, these people are thinking that somehow killing themselves, somehow they're going to be at peace. And the Lord has told us how to get to peace. And that's why the word of the Lord has to get out there and let people know you can get peace. You don't have to destroy your soul. You don't have to destroy yourself. The Lord will bring you peace. He'll fill that void. So instead of giving them help, instead of giving them support that they need, you assist them in their foolishness. Okay, I'll kill you. Yeah, I'll help you die. Yeah. Instead of saying, the Lord will bless you and you can live and you can be at peace, you really can. All right, that concludes our program for this week. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day come from Proverbs 19 and 8. He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Now, ain't God all right? God, God is, is all, all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's for thought was, who asked if there, are, if there is any taste in the white of an egg? And the answer is Job. And you can find that in Job Chapter 6, verse 6, and it reads, Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? 
This week's food for thought is what two things should your speech always be with and why? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.